We Got the Geek is recorded before a live studio audience. Wonder and vision. Oh, we have five paths. This is our home now. I want us to fit in. Oh, this is going to be a gas. Where did you two move from? How long have you been married? And why don't you have children yet? Our story. I think what my wife means to say is that we moved from... Moved from where? Married when? Damn it, why? Oh, Arthur, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. No. Why would you think that? Because you are. Hey, everyone. Uh, it's Jay Stu, and uh, I am happy to be here on the podcast with our good friend Hunter once again. How's it going, sir? It's going great. Twice in like two months. I, I'm feeling spoiled. Dude. I know. I know. But anything I can do for you, our uh, number one badge holder on the Facebook page. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> I can't believe I still have that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this time out, we're going to talk WandaVision, and uh, we've we've done all kinds of MCU uh, podcasts in the past. I think the last one we did was Endgame. About, yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know about you, but uh, even though we weren't expecting too much last year in the way of MCU, uh, I'm kind of, uh, uh, I don't know what, oh. I'm kind of going. I was kind of going through um, MCU withdrawal because we hadn't had anything new since Spider-Man: Far From Home. That's true, and we were supposed to get a lot last year. Like we were supposed to get Black Widow. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to get Eternals. And the the Winter Soldier show was supposed to have come out before Wandavision. They had they uh they were almost done filming when COVID hit. I think they were what I read they were about five or six days away from finishing, and then they had to pull the plug. Yeah, I had read something similar about Wandavision because I was reading up this week about like how the the pandemic affected sort of the end of the season, like they were doing the last episode. Yeah. So. Yeah, so we definitely lost a lot, and. I don't know. It almost seemed nice as like a breather after yeah. all of the sort of end game uh, Infinity War shenanigans to just take a breath and be like, okay, and now we can sort of move into the next phase of stuff. Yeah, sort sort of to clean the palate. Yes. Ooh, we're the, we're gonna talk chef terms. There okay. you go. Uh, so yeah, we we got WandaVision, which. I believe started in January and just wrapped up uh, last week. Yep. And uh, we kind of talked about it off off the recorder a few weeks ago. And uh, I don't know where should we start. Oh, I mean, I think starting at the beginning is just like a, a good place to start. Okay. And yeah, when when it when it debuted, uh, I guess the first two episodes came out the same day, from what I remember. Yeah, and I think I think that was smart. I think like watching the first episode, um, it was very very heavy into the like '50s sitcom style. Yeah, and there was very little in the way of sort of the overall story. It was literally just I think that tease at 
the very, very end of somebody watching the show. Yes. Yeah, otherwise um, the, the rest of that plot was uh, they were making dinner for Vision's boss. Yeah, so, I, I, like, overall, it's a weak episode. Yeah. Because it, it doesn't really sort of set you up for the premise. It just sort of puts you in this uncomfortable spot of, like, Okay, I know I'm not watching a sitcom, <laughs> but it, it it just feels like I'm watching a bad old sitcom. Yeah. Um, so I think it was smart to release both the first few episodes at the same time, because at the end of the second episode, I think we finally sort of got, or by the end of the second episode, we had sort of gotten a better feel for how off things were, because we had gotten sort of Jimmy Woo's uh, broadcast through the radio of, like, Wanda, who's doing this to you, and even the... Was the helicopter in this episode? I think so. I think that's the one that ended with the... That's the one that ended with the beekeeper coming out of the sewer. Yes. Yeah. So, I think those two together did a really good job of setting up, like, what was going on. Mm -hmm. um, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, I enjoyed some of the, the sort of slapstick-esque, like, old comedy <laughs> yeah. that was going on. Um, like, the, like, the corny sitcom kind of vibe, because, I mean, I, like, I grew up watching old reruns of, like, Leave it to Beaver and yeah. all this stuff. And it was just, it's just funny to go back to that and see how the sort of cultural lens looks back at it. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that was the first episode that we also got hints that, like, there was definitely, like, weirdness going on, but they were being coy with, who was causing it? Yeah. Um, yeah, and of course, that's, of course, when the, the rumors all started flying, because this show, my God, more than anything else I think I've seen in a long time, was, like, lost-level examination and theorizing. Oh, jeez, yeah. So... And, and that's and that's kind of cool. I I like the idea. Like Disney Plus, I think has made the good choice of releasing episodes week to week, as opposed to Netflix's model of dump everything all out at once. Yeah. Because it gives you that chance to to sort of think about what you watched before the next episode comes, and and sort of speculate and um. And think about what you've seen, but man, yeah, the, the the theories in this series that had come out of it were so crazy. <laughs> oh, geez, yeah, everything. Uh, they showed some photo of them in front of wallpaper, and they went, if you look carefully, you can see Mephisto in the wallpaper. Oh, my God, yeah, all the, all the like, what was it, like, CBR.com or something, like, comic book? Uh, they were the worst. Every week. They were like, oh, you won't believe this thing that we saw that blows this wide open. And you're like, oh, man, guys, 
guys, it, it was a cute little Easter egg. It wasn't like, I don't know. It wasn't Rosebud here. Like No, and then one episode they mentioned an engineer, so CBR was all like, I bet it's Reed Richards, and that's how they're bringing in the Fantastic uh, Four. Okay, so so here's here's the thing with that, because I think on the one hand the show did a very, very good job of um, telling a, a story of grief. Yeah, oh yeah. And loss. I think they did a really shitty job of choosing what plants they wanted for the future and what they didn't. Because, I mean, like you said at the top of this episode, like, there was, we were going through a drought Mm -hmm. of MCU content. And I think everybody was kind of latching onto this as this is going to be the thing that connects to everything. Yeah. Um, and that's a little on us as an audience that, like, we, we kind of expected too much. Oh, yeah. But I think they hyped things up on their own with little payoff sometimes. Because we went, like, multiple episodes of them going, no, 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 we've got this engineer we're going to go meet, this engineer we're going to go meet, or I've got my friend. And they made it more important than it was. Yeah, so that when the guy finally showed up, he was nobody. Yeah, and the, and you can't blame us for thinking it's going to be an exciting character when you're like, just wait till you meet my great friend. My friend's amazing. He's going to be awesome. Like, and it's like, oh, yeah, it was Steve from IT. Like, <laughs> you can't help but have people be mad that they're like, no, you, like, yeah, they, they just were bad at certain payoffs. Yeah. So, all right. Well, speaking of my my first then criticism of bad payoffs comes out of like the beginnings of episode three. Then. All right. This was the big one with Monica. Mm-hmm. Right. Because this was now the episode where it was the twins' birth. Yes. And uh, we get the first like inklings of who Monica is and that she actually knows who Pietro was and who Ultron was. That's right, because uh, Wanda flipped out as soon as she mentioned Ultron. Oh, yeah. And, like, she definitely flipped. Like, it was quite literally pretty much fourth wall breaking because she threw her out of town. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, and and that was a good, like, part of the beginning setup of, like, something's very wrong here, and you're like, who is this person? Because we had never seen Monica, at least not at this age. Correct. So it's very easy to be like, I have no idea who this person is. Um, why do they know about stuff that they shouldn't? Mm-hmm. Um, and the audience's reaction to that is going to be sort of the same thing as Wanda's, like, whoa, what did you just say? Um, and so I, I thought that was interesting. It was, and then we get the next episode. Oh, the next episode was fantastic. The next episode was really well done. I think it was a nice chance. It was the right time to bring in the sort of outside world and mm-hmm. start trying to explain 
what was going on a little bit without revealing too much. I will say I loved the scene of the the reverse blip. Yeah. Um, it got my head spinning with like thoughts and ideas that you don't even originally consider when you think about like the everybody coming back like that. Like Far From Home just sort of did it tongue in cheek. Yeah, in that one like, scene. It, it was more of like a joke because it was coming from teenagers, right? Yeah. And the, the shots that they showed her were, like, captures of people's phones where, like, a band came back or <laughs> yeah. stuff like that. Or you talk about, like, oh, the, the, like, Mexican family that was living in my apartment wasn't happy to see me. <laughs> like, they, they, they played it very much for last. But this was very chaotic and very disturbing. Yeah. Because you start to picture, like, I like I just started thinking of, like, in that hospital alone, now you've got patients that were on the table undergoing surgery that might have uh, been dusted and are back now. Oh, I never thought of that. And that surgery to finish. Or doctors that have been in the middle of surgery um, that are now suddenly back in operating rooms that are probably entirely different patients and um and it just sort of expands and explodes and you have to be like wow like there is a there's a lot of consequences to that snap that that they haven't really got like dove into yeah i'm i'm curious to see if they'll do more of that in in future projects it'd be interesting to see love to watch a series that was sort of the aftermath of the snap. Like, just to to see how that the world sort of looked right away and and sort of recovered from it. There's been so many, like, TV shows that have dealt with, like, disasters like this. Like, I'm thinking of, um, oh, God, what is the name of it? There was one... Um, where, like, everybody blacks out for two minutes. Uh, flash forward. Flash forward, that was it. Yeah. And that, like, a series like that, I think, could be really cool with the the the, the sort of snap, or the blip, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I think that would be really interesting. Um, I almost wish that that's the way they go with, like, a Jimmy Woosh series, if they do want to give him a series. Yeah. Uh, speaking of whom, I loved, I also, I, lo- I loved his introduction. I loved his, his sort of, like, just him being here now. It, it helped tie the whole sort of MCU together. Yeah, and he, he finally learned that card trick that Ant-Man was trying to teach him. He did, and... <laughs> I, I thought that was uh, I thought that was a cute nod because I mean one of the major themes of the series is magic. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. And so you have like a, like this overarching story is Wanda's magic and and the discovery of what that means, but at the same time you've got somebody else that has also mastered 
his his own kind of magic, yeah. and by the end of the series, he's doing things like sleight of hand or um, escape artistry that actually helps save the day. Yeah. Um, I remember reading that when they were planning WandaVision, they had, like, a list of characters that they were allowed to use. Oh, okay. So the idea was is that, like, they they go to Kevin Feige and they're like, okay, this is the story we want to tell. We want to use character X, Y, and Z. And Kevin Feige would be the guy that would go, like, okay, you can have character X, uh, characters Y and Z, though, we've got for other projects. But you can have character A and B. We really liked those actors, and we'd be okay with you bringing them back. Um, Darcy was one of these actors. Yeah, because she hadn't been seen since Dark World. It's true, and but they liked her actress, and they had a cool idea of, like, where to go with her. Um, and so they they sort of folded her into the story, and I think that's great. I think that it's nice to have these secondary supporting characters that can show up in many projects, almost like Coulson was in Phase 1. Yeah. Where it helps tie the world together. Yeah, I like that a lot, too. It was great seeing both those characters and seeing that she'd become a doctor, actually. Yeah, I thought that was really cool, too, because she was like a, a grad student, right? Like, she was... Yeah on her way to do that. It'll be interesting to see if Thor Love and Thunder uses her at all. Yeah, that'd be good. Or if they even, like, sort of mention her. Because... I think I read she's she's signed on to do another project, but she wouldn't say which one. Yeah, it's probably something that's not announced yet, then. Yeah, it could be, yeah. Um, now, Monica, on the other hand is, like, it's interesting in that, like, they wanted to bring back a character that they could age up, because it's been 25 years or whatever. Yeah. And she is a, a prominent character in the comics. Like, she she is a hero. Yeah, she uh, was an Avenger, and... Yeah, at least... Was it Avengers West Coast, or just regular Avengers? Regular Avengers. Uh, it's gonna make me be a nerd, but... She debuted in a Spider-Man annual, okay. and uh, she immediately joined the Avengers. Um, this was around '83, I think, and she oh, was okay. she was originally Captain Marvel because at the time they didn't have a Captain Marvel at Marvel. Right. Eventually, she was Photon. Yes, and then she got like another name too, didn't she? Like. Oh, if she did, I'm not sure. She had a couple names, but so, and that's and that's kind of interesting. It just felt. Like, I don't know. I I feel like she was there to just be, like, um, we're sad that another character we kind of knew a little bit is dead. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm hoping it's a payoff for something down the line, either Captain Marvel 2 or Secret Invasion or something. But... I felt like she was underused. She really was. Now, that said, um, I know that when it came to the climax of the series, 
there was cut content. Um, and we'll talk about that when we get to the finale, but there was supposed to be more for her on the table, but, uh, so uh, that is disappointing, but it just almost felt like she was not needed. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think she was underused as well. Um, but yeah, so then we do the whole like outside world kind of thing. We meet. The director of Sword, Sword now exists because mm. we had no idea, and we had no idea it was there. Um, my, I guess we're supposed to believe that it's been going on concurrently with Shield the whole time. <laughs> yeah, which is kind of weird. Um, I had thought that they would do something along the lines of like Sword was like the replacement for Shield uh, in the wake of the whole Hydra thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that I noticed was, so Sword in the comics was their anti-alien That's right. um, organization. It was the, the Sentient World Observation and Response Division. Except in the MCU, it's now Sentient Weapon Observation and Response Division. So it's gone from studying aliens to studying superheroes. <laughs> yeah. Which sort of gives it an ominous overtone, like, right from the start. Now, did we know, I can't remember, did we know in that episode that they had the Vision's body? Um, I don't think we've, uh, oh no, yes, we did. Because that was part of the flashback. Was... <laughs> Him showing the video of Wanda breaking in and stealing the Vision's body. Yeah. And Which, uh, by the way, I read that that was supposed to be an end credit scene in Endgame that they decided not to do. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I think that was probably for the best. I think you wanted Endgame to sort of be a wrap-up. like. Yeah, I didn't I need any end credit scenes. No, not at all. I And I like finding out about that here, because in this show, again, you're dropping these little mystery hints over and over again, because what Hayward shows us is the end result of other conversations he's not telling us about. Right. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. He's, he's not admitting to, like, oh, yeah, no, I told Wanda, like, she couldn't have him. And that uh, we had, like, a really, like calm conversation. He jumps straight ahead to, oh my god, she broke in and she stole the vision. <laughs> yeah. So, it, it starts to inform as to what his character is like. Now, unfortunately, his character also sort of became this mustache-twirling villain. <laughs> yeah. Which is unfortunate, because he could have played a sort of more uh, in-depth character of somebody that is now that next step up of like, well, how how do we as a as a society respond when heroes fail? Right. Right. Like this is sword that operated for five years in the wake of the Avengers failing to stop Thanos, and that's going to change how you as an organization act. Um. So I think there could have been a little bit more moral gray area to him, of like. 
ends justify the means kind of personality. Yeah. But in the end, we get somebody that just tries to shoot some kids. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. I, I would like to know how they got their hands on the Vision's body after he was destroyed in Wakanda. Yeah, I... It's weird, because, yeah, the body would have been in Wakanda. Uh, my guess is that it probably had something to do with, like, Martin Freeman. Oh, probably, yeah. Like, because he was probably still an attache to Wakanda, and he was probably like, okay, we are going to take the Vision's body, and he apparently had a will. Like, the Vision had a living will. Yep. So it was probably something along the lines of, we are going to bring the Vision back to America to uh, respect his final wishes. <laughs> and then the whole government thing of like, well, was he really a person? No, let's experiment on him. <laughs> yeah. And now, a word from our sponsors. You're listening to the Points of Interest Podcast Network. You can find us at poipodcast.com. For the love of Pod. So then we are back into the hex with the next episode, which is the kids. Yeah, uh, the uh, kind of '80s like family ties episode because that that opening credit scene like killed me. It was pretty funny. Oh, oh, it was so good. It was like the the, the family ties meets growing pains. <laughs> yeah, because they had the like. Shots of them as babies growing up, uh, which I thought was ridiculous because they've got, like, shots of baby vision. <laughs> that was great. It was really well done. Like, the homages were, were well done. I really enjoyed the Bewitched animated one. Yeah. I thought was was really on point. Um, the Family Ties one was oh, really good. The Malcolm in the Middle one, too. The Malcolm in the Middle one that we get to later was, yeah. was really funny. Um, so yeah, so now Wanda and Vision have kids, and this was like Agatha's sort of first bigger episode, and she showed up in the third episode when Herb was like hedge trimming the wall. <laughs> yeah. So something wasn't quite right there that we knew of, but this was the first one where she was sort of there. And more, like, more active, I want to say. And, yeah. And right there when the dog died, too. Yes, of course. Yes, Sparky. And I thought that was a really good episode, because I thought it was a good episode about, like, dealing with grief. Mm -hmm. Because the kids, like, sort of keep jumping ahead. Um... Oh, you're not old enough to have a dog. Oh, well, suddenly we're old enough to have a dog. <laughs> now we are. And then the dog dies, which is kind of great, because it was a throwback to the comics, because there was a dog named Sparky in the comics. Oh, that's right, yeah. Um, but sort of more pressing is, like, when Sparky dies, Wanda stops them from growing up. And... Well, that doesn't stop them physically, but she implores them to not grow up. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting because you think about it, and they were the same physical age uh, that she was when her parents were killed. Right. 
So it's it's a neat sort of like idea. Like she knows she's talking to them from experience of like I know what it's like to want to run away from this, but you can't. And it was it was that that exploration of the stages of grief. We're moving through them now. Um, almost like trying to age up past it is almost like that bargaining. Like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna negotiate. I can be old enough where I don't have to deal with this. Which, of course, leads to the reveal at the end of that episode. Oh, that's right. And I know we talked that week when that uh, episode happened. It. And we were both super excited. At that I, I was excited, yeah. yeah. No, it, was, it was, I squealed when he popped up on, I had to pause it and then explain to Kristen what the hell it meant. Because she had not yeah. really seen any of the later X-Men movies to know really who he was. Um, and I thought it was amazing. I thought it was really cool. Um, I thought that this was them bending and playing with realities. Like, this is what we're talking about of uh, people's theories and, like, yeah. the, the lost level analysis that you get from shows. Oh, Kristen poked her head out. He was more excited about Quicksilver than he was about Luke Skywalker. Nice. Because I saw Luke Skywalker coming. Yeah. I, like, I was excited about Luke Skywalker because I didn't think they'd <laughs> actually do it. But, like, in The Mandalorian, like, looking at that, I'm like, there's only so many characters they could be that would show up. Whereas in WandaVision with this reveal, you get, like, it's sort of out of left field. Like, I don't think anybody was expecting, um... The uh, other timelines, essentially Pietro, to show up. And this was the only time during the whole series that I started having fan theories with this right, character. And that's the other thing that it does. Luke Skywalker showing up in The Mandalorian is really cool. You get to see him at his prime, but it doesn't spark the imagination the same way the idea of other timelines merging into um, the MCU are. Yeah. This is, of course, all coming on, like, the idea of, like, we know that the next Doctor Strange movie is called The Multiverse of Madness. Yep. We know that actors like Jamie Foxx and Alfred Molina are supposed to be coming in for Spider-Man, um, No Way Home? We have a title yeah. for this. Yeah, we do, yep. <laughs> so, like, we were already being almost faked out. With the idea that the multiverse was coming in. Because we knew that, like, uh, Electro and Doc Ock were coming back, and we knew there was a, a movie that was dealing with the multiverse, and they kind of teased the possibility to us in home, uh, in Far From Home of alternate universes. Yeah. And I thought this is how they're going to bring in the X-Men. And, uh, like, and you wouldn't be alone. I think there was a lot of people that, that finally saw it as a, like, oh, okay. I thought it was their way of going, like, oh, you know what? We killed Quicksilver too quickly. Because he was literally just there for Age of Ultron. Yep. And we want to bring him back. Well, how's the way that we bring him back? We bring him back as a different Quicksilver. And, like, I, I mean, I, I remember talking to you about this and doing all the math of, like, Oh, well, the last time we saw this Quicksilver was at the end of X-Men Dark Phoenix, and that's in the 90s, and he was this old, and 
now he's here and he's the same age as the actor is. And like, I went off on my own <laughs> wild conspiracy theories because it wasn't out of like a desire to overcomplicate things, but a love of the material. And to know that, like, oh, now that you guys have, that Disney has bought Fox, we can bring in all these other things that we, we've loved and not have to just throw them away. Uh, Brian Reynolds coming back as Deadpool, sorry, was another example of them almost setting us up for for this fake out. Yeah. Uh, so... Um, and then you get the next episode, though, the Malcolm in the Middle episode is, I think, where a lot of people also started going off on weird tangents Mm -hmm. of the theories that I started hearing about this, because this was the Quicksilver's actually front and center now. Yeah, the Halloween episode. Yeah, it was the Halloween episode, and all of a sudden there are kids, which I thought was really cool. It was something that you don't even notice until somebody points it out, and it's like, where are all the kids, Wanda? And you're like, oh, shit, yeah, where are all the children? Like, what the hell is going on? Because it's at this point that we know something weird is going on. Vision's already um, sort of reawakened somebody's memories, so we know that everybody isn't who they are acting as. Um... We get these lines from Agatha of, like, oh, do you want me to take that again? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, then when somebody says, like, oh, where are all the kids? And you're like, oh, shit, where are the kids? Yeah, I hadn't noticed up till then either. And I thought that was perfect storytelling because you don't think about it. And then all of a sudden the, the, the implications of it are terrifying. Um. But yeah, we get them for the Halloween episode, and, and we get some nice nods. I love the old costumes. Oh, that was fantastic. The Sokovian fortune teller, and, uh, <laughs> I mean, we even get the comic book costumes for Wiccan and Speed. Yeah. Which I thought was great. Um, and then we get Vision sort of flying around and jogging more people's memories, and we we start to see this, the, like, it, it got creepy. Oh, yeah, so, especially when Agatha said to him, uh, am I dead? Because you are. Oh, God, yeah, that was the perfect, oh, that was such a perfect line for her. Yeah. Especially knowing what you, you find out later, but, like, so that she, you know she's just messing with him. Um, but seeing just even, like, the people at the edge of town not even moving. Yeah. In stasis. Um, and the tear rolling down the cheek of the woman that's stuck hanging the laundry uh, was a crazy visual. Like, that was so disturbing. Yeah. And it was cool that they chose the Halloween episode to do this sort of spooky sort of horror type stuff. And then we get Quicksilver in his costume with the sort of, like, swept-up hair. <laughs> yeah. And that was the, 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 like, week after that, I remember reading, like, the articles of, like, 
could his hair be mean he's a different character? And the people are like, he's actually Wolverine because his hair looks like Wolverine. So it's like, oh my god. No, he had messed up. He had messed up hair like that in the comics too. Oh, sure. <laughs> um, but and then it was that was the point that people were really like pushing for this Mephisto. Yeah. Kind of deal, and I mean, I, I'm not gonna lie. I I was kind of rooting for it. Like I I loved the idea of getting like into the darker consequences for magic. Um, it was funny that this was almost the, the MCU's version of um, the House of M, mm-hmm. which was setting up, like, this idyllic paradise world that isn't really paradise and having people fight you to, to put things back to the way things were. <coughs> but I was almost curious if they were going to go, if they did go the Mephisto route, if they were going to go a one more day kind of route with Wanda. Okay. Right, where Mephisto could come in and go, ah, your boyfriend, like, isn't real. I can make him real. I can, I can sort of, like, trade you your soul for your, for your vision again. And I wondered if that was how they were going to set up for Multiverse of Madness, if Mephisto was going to be the bad guy of that one. And it would sort of set sort of Scarlet Witch against Doctor Strange from the beginning, where she's not in control of herself. But... Yeah, I forgot about one more day. Holy crap. Oh, yes. A lot of people have, and, and you should. I, like... It was just the, the kind of thing of, like, you start getting all these weird theories. Because he also, like, comes out... Quicksilver also comes in and refers to the kids as Demon Spawn. Yeah. That in the comics, they had pieces of Mephisto's soul inside them. That's right. Because um, Wanda creates these kids out of nothing. Kind of. Yeah. And, and, yeah, it was pieces of Mephisto's soul that sort of gave them the spark of life. And, um, yeah, it was, it was interesting to see what they took of the kids from the comics, because... Kids in the comics also had this habit of, like, only existing when Wanda was thinking about them. Um, she'd hire babysitters to, to take care of them, and then get, like, panicked phone calls from the babysitters going, the babies are gone. I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and Wanda going, what the hell are you talking about? And it wasn't until, like, Agatha Harkness comes along to be the new nanny for the kids that we started unraveling, like, what they actually were and what um, what the implications of their existence meant. 